This is Good Better Broker, a podcast from UWM. After three years and nine months, federal student loan debt forbearance is coming to an end and interest will begin accruing again on September 1st. How can mortgage brokers prepare for the deadline and guide their borrowers through it? You'll find out how to navigate student loan debt on episode 51 of Good Better Broker. This information is provided to mortgage professionals only and is not intended for or authorized for consumer distribution. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice or endorsements of any kind. Back here on Good Better Broker as we bring in Kubi Hernandez. He is a senior mortgage loan originator with Mares Mortgage in Orange County, California. Kubi, welcome. Hey, what's happening? Um, it's, it's awesome that, that we're doing this actually ahead of time. You know, I feel like we're, we're not being reactionary right now. So um, this, is, this is good. I'm excited to, to chat with you, Justin. Yeah, this is a big deal, Kubi. And I'm so glad to have someone with your level of expertise join us on this topic of student loan debt. And you and I were kind of going over the numbers in advance of recording this. And, and one that jumps out at me, Kubi, which is crazy, is that student loan debt is growing six times faster than the U.S. economy. So when you think about that for a second, and then you think about September 1st, which is coming up, and of course, student loan debt forbearance ends on September 1st. So for starters, what should mortgage brokers out there know, and how are you getting ready for it? Well, um, I think be informed uh, and, and, and kind of start preparing yourself and, and be well-read. Because uh, I know that um, when the Supreme Court, you know, recently shut it down, uh, it, I, I think that's like a pretty serious response to forgiveness. And I don't think that you need to be holding hope for something if that's where if that's the level that it was shut down at. And and I think as a mortgage broker, I think that that's something that sometimes we have to be the ones to kind of be. Um, the one that like kind of kind of pulls the bandaid off, you know, I think that like, you know, I think people have a tendency to like, you know, like, like we're here as advisors. And when we, when we tell someone they were, they're going to buy a home, they're all excited. And then all of a sudden they need a home loan, you know? So it's like, you need the home and the home loan. And that's the part where it gets real. So uh, don't be afraid of, you know, like being kind, you know, like student loan debt is awful, you know, six times faster than the U S economy is. I mean, it's, it's pretty rough to hear that, but um, yeah. Okay, so Kubi, from your perspective, how big of a deal is this, the end of forgiveness, especially given that DTIs are already high because of interest rates? Uh, I, I would say like we should take it seriously from this perspective. If we know that the average, you know, there's a, there's a good program I, I got through called the CFP. It's like Certified Financial Planners. And a Certified Financial Planner will, has, has this statistic that says that most Americans can't sustain a $350 cost, unexpected cost car repair to like to them to their finances. So when I was looking at like the minimum payment we require, you know, you look at stuff, I mean like you have to imagine if that's if that's impacting someone's finances, an, an unexpected $350 expense, then Something that's a hundred to two hundred dollars a month is is definitely something that we should be prepared for, and I have reasons for that. But I mean, you know, I'll kind of let you know, like we can keep kind of you know discussing it. But I think 
having an awareness for for where most people are at. Okay, so what should mortgage brokers do? Because they they see this date on the calendar. You can circle it, September 1st. What should they do to help their borrowers prepare? Well, we run everyone's credit, right? So um, it's it's a real simple thing. Uh, you know, use the source. I mean, that's a great place to just you know easily jump in and and see what the guidelines are. I know that uh, we're all like, oh well, you know. I mean, like right now, I'll, I'll, I'll pop it up. But I mean, everyone's like, oh, like you know, right away we know DTI is going to be impacted. We only have to take a half a percent of the payment if it's a Freddie Mac loan, for example. Search that. You know, uh, be have an awareness of what it is. And right away, if you see someone that has a zero, uh, like a zero payment, know that this is the issue. We're used to thinking that, oh, if it's zero, we get to d- default to a half a percent, which, which in some programs, it's not that bad. That's still something that we have to be aware of. On September 1st, it becomes potentially an income based repayment plan. Now they don't necessarily know. So then they assume, right? They default to something. I don't know that this is going to impact every single file, but I know that when those forbearances come to an end, there will be a payment. And what I tell people is, is that the unknown, don't don't let something be an unknown. That's the most feared thing we have in our office. Our CEO, Cuberto Sr., you know, at Mara's Mortgage says it all the time. He says, the, the, the thing people fear the most is the unknown. And right now for us as loan officers, it's an unknown. So what you can do now, especially for the action part, is to make sure that as the Band-Aid puller that we mentioned earlier and being the you know, the person who t- gets your consumer to take action, your client, have them call now, really call now and set up their payment so it's not an unknown anymore. So you take away the unknown. Yeah, it's a great point. You actually just did a post on your Instagram about this. And when you and I were talking in the lead up, it's like, well, if you have a question about your taxes, don't wait until April to call the IRS because you know they're going to be backed up, right? That's not the time to call. That's not and and that's what we always talk about is like when you and and when we talk to our consumers, you know, I'm like young, you know, I have a joke. I'm young old. It's like the joke when you say you're skinny fat. So I'm, I'm young, old in the industry. So like, say, oh, you look young, but I've been in almost 17 years. I was doing origination, even filling out loan apps in the summer with my dad when I was in high school. So for me, when I, what I know about people, and, and this is a really tough one that like, this is my experience. So I, I'm not speaking for everyone out there, but this is for me. What I notice is that when someone, for example, you take student loans or you take mortgage payments back in 2009 to 2013. When someone was paying something or if someone's paying something, then it's not that hard to get them to pay a little more, right? Like if you pay rent, it's not that bad to get you to pay a mortgage. But when someone's living for free at home with their parents, it's hard to get them to jump to a mortgage, right? We know that. So getting someone to go from paying zero to something is, is, is difficult. So the psychology comes in that you got to make sure that you know that when people are paying zero, they're like, oh, well, like, what if I get another handout? Or why would I pay it? Let's just wait and see what happens. I mean, nothing's better than free, right? Like right now it's zero. The, the issue with that is, is that it's it's a little harder to convince that community. So you got to be a stand. And the best part about, about telling someone now is that when it does happen, if they didn't listen to you, this is actually really interesting. If they don't listen to you and September 1st comes along and their payment goes up, 
you know what's awesome? You got a client for life. Because the way they're going to see you is they're going to think, you know what? He told me I was going to burn my hand on the oven. I did it anyways. But you know what? He still has my back and he's still going to help me get out of this. So there's really no downsides, even if people don't take action. That's an awesome point. Uh, and, and you know, you were talking about the numbers a couple of minutes ago. So I want to get a little bit more into that with you. How do you go about calculating a borrower student loan debt payment if their loans are in forbearance? Well, <laughs> okay. So when they say income-based repayment plans, I'm sure that there's a calculation out there. And that's something that I'm going to probably get to the bottom of. Because for me, what I've noticed is I'm having my clients call now and I literally tell them, tell me the day you are going to call the student loan department. And my, and my opinion to them is right now, if you're proactive with the student loan department, they're not giving the handouts yet. And it's interesting because like when you call these lines, like before, like, for example, when we were helping people avoid foreclosure and we were doing free, we used to do free loan modifications. So this is kind of like in our lane to like, just be advising and being community leaders. Um, when you when you look at the commu- the guys answering the phone, right? It's not the government. It's it's a person like you and me that works for the student loan department. What we've noticed is that there's going to be, and I'm not saying I know this for sh- for sure, but this is my experience. There's going to be a fatigue that starts setting in by mid September. I mean, I think the fatigue is going to set in. I mean, if the attention span on social media is down to eight seconds, I mean, the same people who are answering your phone to help you with your student loan payment are the same people on social media. So to me, like, I think fatigue is going to set in for some of these people, because think about it, like they're, they're not on commission. Like if they're helping you like get a repayment plan, they're not like trying to get to every single phone call as fast as they can. And they're going to get a ton of phone calls. And just the other day, my client waited for almost three hours on hold in the afternoon and just gave up. I said, you got to call in the morning. I told her everyone calls in the afternoon. So what do you do? To me, it's like, okay, know what the unknown is, but call now because if they are going to defer it and you do want to just use the minimum payment, make sure that you make a request and you put it in your account now to defer it for another year if you have to, or make a request based on either a hardship request or some sort of forbearance type request where you say, hey, look, I know that I'm income-based forbearance where you say, look, here's my income. Maybe work with your mortgage broker tell them to ask questions and then come back to you and tell you, hey, this is what they're telling me. And based on that feedback, we can start getting better and better at maybe making the right request, right? Like you can ask twice. So I think just getting involved a little bit is going to go a long way for our pre-approvals in September. Booby, tell me what repayment plans are there to help lower a borrower's DTI? You you were talking about the DTI issue a few minutes earlier. Uh, what plans are there and, and how can you help borrowers enroll in one of these plans? So what you have to tell your client is you tell them, look, you have three ways that this is going to go. Really, only three, in my opinion, three ways. One is we use the default, which means you call now and you make sure that your file is a specially tagged file and you somehow... Tell them you're on a hardship and that you, whatever, whatever you are going to tell them, you, you, you have the discussion based on your scenario to see if that's possible. If that's not possible, there's really only two lanes that they put you in. One is the income based repayment plan where you disclose your income. Now that's to the ethics of, that's the ethics of the individual. That's one. 
But the other way is, is that there's more like a, you could say like almost like hardship based repayment plan where you can make the request. And this is what I'm talking about fatigue in September. I have seen people make the request and say, look, based on my situation, based on my current finances, this is where I'm at. You know, like I don't feel financially stable. Some of my income's commissions. Do you think it's possible for me to pay $100 a month? And I have seen, and, and this again, this was in the last year, you know, we were having our clients set up repayment plans that were, that were different. I have seen people get more of like a hardship repayment option, but the, but the issue comes to, I don't, you know, looking ahead of what happened in, 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 in the past, I don't know that that's going to be available in September. You know, I don't know that like people are going to get, you know, fatigue on the phone and, and the people answering the phone are going to be like, you know what, like these people are just wanting handouts. And you know, the government response is going to crack down on them and say, no, 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 no. The forbearance is over. Like you're setting payments based on income. Boom. Like, you know, so at least make sure that when you give someone a pre-approval, know both numbers. Tell them, even if you don't want to set up the income-based repayment plan, I told one of my clients this. I said, look, I'm going to level with you. I'm going to assume that you're right and that you're going to get some windfall and there's going to be a handout coming on September 1st. Okay. Like that there's going to be an executive order and, you know, Joe Biden's going to give you a special deal. I'm going to assume that you're right. But for me, for me to finish your pre-approval, can you call now? Ask them what the payment would be hypothetically, like based on my income, what was my pay? What would my payment be come September 1st? And I'm telling you guys, loan officer to loan officer, loan officer to AE or loan officer to, 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 to team leader or whoever, you know, whatever your role is, tell them, say, just know the number. So what I'm going to be on is I'm going to be on a pursuit now to dig in and maybe know, Hey, what is that based on? You know, like, like what is the calculation? Because they don't always post it, but that's something that I'm going to make sure that we get, that we take care of doing. Ruby, you know, on the subject of the economy, and, and this kind of goes back to 2009, uh, there, there's something called the concept of denial that you want to go over. Tell our listeners about that. Well, um, it goes back to the, to the beginning. Okay, so, okay. We, we, we saw this, and I don't know what it is, but people, for whatever reason, they hear so much in the news, right? Like, they hear so many things. They hear so many options that they would rather like we would rather you know it's like the old um it's like this old quote i read like in stoicism that we would rather sit under our blanket in the morning there's this moment where and this is 2000 year old concept right like we we think we've evolved but we haven't we lay in bed and there's that moment where we're we have the covers up right and we're like i don't want to get out of bed like i don't want to get my day going and there's just this moment where we we have to decide to take action and what I'm saying happens is that unfortunately, when someone has been at zero, that that becomes the same thing. People are in denial. And it's a very difficult thing to go over. But that's why I want to make sure that everyone understands very clearly that even if you get the message out and even if you tell them, the same goes for a loan officer. If you tell loan officers now or you tell the broker community now, hey, have this conversation, like you have student loan debt. Make sure you have an awareness. Our underwriters aren't going to be nice to you. But when we run these credit reports, maybe September 15th, you don't think that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are going to come down with a guideline and state, we need an updated 
statement, September 1st, you don't think they're going to start saying, hey, we need an updated statement indicating what their income-based repayment plan is because the forbearance is over. Like, there's no way you can tell me that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are, and, and FHA are going to eat a bag for all the loan officers. They're not eating bags right now. We all know they're making it difficult. So don't be in denial that this is coming. And even you, right, as an as a, as a eight-year loan officer. All right. So let's zoom out a bit for a moment, you know, on this, this topic of student loan debt. And we, we talked about that number off the top of the interview here about the you know, student loan debt and how it's growing at six times faster rate than the U.S. economy. Let me throw a couple other numbers at you, Kubi. 65% of borrowers with student loan debt are 25 to 49 years old. And 53% of millennials have not bought a home due to student loan debt disqualifying them for mortgages. So when you think about those numbers, I want to ask you, what are the benefits for mortgage brokers, for LOs, of building a relationship with somebody who has student loan debt? Um, I think I think become informed. I mean, like even even like while I was uh, like like chatting with you, I went back in, and it's crazy. I'm going to send you this link, and I'll drop it in our in our chat. But I'm going to send this over to you because there's there's a there's a level of expertise where when people know that you're there for the community, and people know that you're there to to step it up for them, it becomes kind of like, it's like the topic of our generation, right? It's like, okay, this is like what's impacting our generation. So if you're like kind of in the front of that and you're like the one who's like, hey, like I'm not ignoring this. I'm aware that this is a problem. And you know, when I when I did my video post um, on student loan debt, I mean, my posts are pretty well-timed. You know, I mix in the occasional like, you know, uh, advice, you know, from an NCA dad, you know, because my, my wife and I play college sports and I, I give my opinion on, you know, for example, yesterday, sideline coaching. And I tell them, <clears throat> don't be a sideline coach because then you're going to get sideline lookers. You know, your kid's going to be the kid who's running down and he's like, did I do good, dad? And they're waiting for you to do thumbs up or thumbs down. And the problem is, is that when that happens, the kid becomes a high or a low player. It's pretty interesting. So they're either on a high, high or on a low, low. And the one thing I tell people is like, if you can get out in front and give people advice that's non-reactive, like the difference is like being a sideline coach is, is reactive. It's like, oh, well, I didn't get it done before the game. So I'm going to, you know, coach them up during the game. And it's like, yeah, well, guess what? Like, I don't think that I see, I, I've never seen, and maybe I'm wrong. I've never seen Matt Ishbia actually, or team leaders or Christina Chella actually sit down and like be like in the person's ear yelling at the player while they're on the sales call. I've never seen that, right? Like that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, they're going to get off the call, they're going to have a breakdown, and then you talk to them. And, and we have to make sure that we're not doing that. So this is an opportunity to have non-reactionary advice for people. Like, hey, be prepared. Like, this is how you're going to get ready for the game. And I'm looking at this as that there's four different income repayment plans that you can set on your mortgage. Pay as you earn. So kind of self-explanatory. Pay as you earn repayment plan. Who knows? There's a difference there. So there's a revised one. Income-based repayment plan, the one that I have that's very common, and income contingent. So I know that the income contingent is actually probably smart because I've seen someone take that. What they did was, the income is contingent, meaning they say, look, 
I'm getting my job increase in, give them a date, November. And what's funny about that one, and, I'm, and I'll tell you, is, is that I, I'm, I'm glad I kind of put, I, I peeked under the hood of what they're doing right now, because this is like kind of newer stuff, is back when we were doing loan modifications for people, again, for free, just helping them keep their home, I would, tell, I would notice that if you were very specific on whether you have a permanent or a temporary problem, the government would make an appropriate response. So what I'm saying is, this is kind of a temporary problem if someone is pre-qualified, meaning you don't want to patch them, you don't want to leave them kind of like like hanging, but you have to decide, do you want a permanent solution or do you want a temporary solution? And I think that might be a good way to kind of approach this as well with your client. As you say, when you talk to the student federal aid people, do you want a permanent plan or do you want a, a temporary plan? For example, what is the two one buy down? That's a temporary solution. So you're, 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 we're already selling a temporary solution. What is the 30 year fix? That's a permanent solution. So I think just being a, a, an advisor for them and knowing the differences, I think is the way we're going to be able to move forward. You know, on that topic of, you know, how many people out there have student loan debt and all these millennials, right? More than half of them basically say they haven't bought a home yet because of their student loans. It's a huge opportunity for mortgage brokers, right? And, you know, I want you to get into some of the advantages, you know, whether it's future refinances, them buying a starter home and then having a family. I mean, this really is an opportunity for brokers everywhere to grow. Yeah, this is this is a good one where um I have things in my in my like sales you know game that I that I say. My wife jokes with me. She's like, "You say the same thing all the time." I'm like, I was like, "Everyone needs to hear that message." You know, we all know that. Um, my opinion on it is that right now, when you look at what uh, at what we're trying to accomplish, we have we have home buyers deciding right now whether or not they're going to buy a home by themselves or with a partner. And what that really is, when you kind of break it down, is the shared economy. Like, like you know, the concept of the shared economy. Now, the shared economy of what I, if no one knows what that is, the shared economy is looking at your finances. For example, do you split Netflix with a buddy? I, I, I do. I split it with a friend. Do you share Disney Plus? I do. There are certain things that we can split, right? Bills that we're sharing. Spotify is making it harder, right? D like, you know, different, different services, YouTube TV, you can still split it. It's a shared economy. People live at home now, but they actually pay rent. Like it's, you know, they're splitting it up. More and more people have grandparents living in their home. So what I like about the shared economy, and this is because in the Latino community, you know, my, 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 uh, my government name, as I say, is Cuperto born in Mexico. I tell people all the time, when I looked at what how I built my career, when I was 21 and I looked like I was 11 years old, no one trusted me, you know, like in my face, you know, I show up to the meetings and they're like, I'm not like, the economy just crashed. It's 2008, 2009. The economy just went down the toilet. You see all the things in the news about all kinds of mortgage people. And then all of a sudden they see an 11 year old show up to the door and he's selling mortgages. So. What I tell people is you, what you have to remember is I, people always say, how did you get started? I say, well, actually I got started in the Latino community. And there's a lesson that I want everyone to take away from my community. 
And, 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 and it's in a lot of them, you know, you see it a lot in, in first generation groups and also first generation wealth starters, right? Like people from low income areas, you see that a lot. We have always had the shared economy. Like if you grew up poor, you had the shared economy. You're like, grandpa's got to pitch in some social security money for rent. You know, kids get jobs, have a paper route. I mean, they're, the, the shared economy is not like this new thing, but the shared economy is becoming a new thing and it's popular because our expenses are going up because of inflation, because rates are going up. So what you have to make sure you educate a client on is that you say, look, <clears throat> you may not qualify. You're going to have to repay your student loan debt. But guess what? So is everybody. Your goal is to just take action and do what's best for you before you're in the breadline, right? Like I talk about the breadline, right? There's no different than the 1940s. They invented the breadline back then. And the breadline has gotten a little more modern, but it's the same thing. So I don't know how you feel about that, Justin, but that's what, that, that's how I see it. And so you just have to have you know educate your consumer on where we're at in our economy now. Well, I feel like all of our listeners are uh, a lot better off than they were before they listened to this interview. So we appreciate your insights and all of this very important information in advance of that September 1st deadline. Kubi Hernandez with Mares Mortgage. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Justin. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now with more expert advice from independent mortgage brokers around the country. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Good Better Broker.